Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. That's a quarterly put out by the people at Mount Zion Bible Church in Pensacola, Florida. The topic this quarter is stumbling, stumbling blocks. And to speak on it today, we're going to read the words of James Durham, who lived from 1622 to 1658. He was an influential Scottish covenanter and Presbyterian minister, born and died in Scotland of the UK. He says, why is this issue of stumbling important? Well, causing stumbling is condemned by Christ. There is no sin that has more woes pronounced against it. The Lord himself denounces it and doubles a woe against it in Matthew 18, 7. The apostle confirms this in Romans 14, 20, where he describes it as literally evil to do something that will make a brother stumble. The Lord takes special notice of how people walk in reference to causing stumbling in others and is highly provoked where he sees anyone guilty of it. That's Revelation 2, 6. He shows this by comparing it with what Balaam did in Revelation 2, 14. Secondly, causing stumbling is condemned by the New Testament. Whole chapters in the New Testament are devoted to the subject of scandal. Matthew 18, Acts 15, Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8. No duty is more extensively commanded than the duty of giving no offense, nor is any sin more fully condemned than insensitivity and carelessness about giving offense. Indeed, in Acts 15, the apostles and elders thought that regulating indifferent things so as to prevent scandal was worthy to be enacted in the very first synod and church council. Third, causing stumbling is intrinsically hateful. The hatefulness of offense is apparent in its origins. First, it is an evident sign of disrespect to God and a lack of the impression of his dread. Second, it is a sign of inward pride and self-conceitedness. And third, it is a sign of uncharitableness, showing disregard for others and belittling them, as we can see from Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8. Can there be anything more to be shunned than these? And you will find that people are tender-hearted and conscientious in the matter of offense in the use of their Christian liberty, in the same proportion that they are tender or untender in all the material duties of religion toward God and others. Next, causing stumbling brings dreadful consequences. There could be no worse effects than those that follow from causing others to stumble. It brings a woe to the world, and Christ reckons it a most grievous plague when it abounds. For it brings destruction with it to many souls, Romans fourteen twenty. It brings reproach on the profession of Christianity. It cools love among brethren. It begets and fosters contention and strife. It mars the progress of the gospel. And in a word, it makes iniquity to abound. Often, in particular, it ushers error into the church. As we can see from the passages of Scripture already cited, and from Matthew 24, verses 10 to 12, where, because many are offended and stumble, many false prophets arise. 
When we analyze it, we'll find that lack of sensitivity in the matter of stumbling has been every bit as damaging to the Church of Christ with respect to her outward beauty and peace and the inward thriving of her members as either error or profanity, which have been only the product of causing stumbling. Next, causing stumbling hardens us in sin. Lack of sensitivity and carelessness in giving offense opens the door to all kinds of carelessness in the person who gives offense. This is because that person's conscience becomes less sensitive to challenges, so they have greater boldness to do things that are materially evil. By this, they also become habitually unconcerned and dismissive of others. And although respect to others is not a good principle when it is our single predominant principle, yet it often has a powerful positive influence in restraining people from looseness, and in its own place it ought to have weight. Experience itself teaches us that once you take liberty in giving offense, things that are materially sinful often follow. And then, causing stumbling harms the reputation of the gospel. Sensitivity about giving offense adorns the gospel exceedingly. It convinces those around us of the reality of the gospel. It encourages charity and warms love. By contrast, carelessness about giving offense opens people's mouths to criticize the gospel and makes both Christianity and Christians a reproach. And then causing stumbling saps Christian fellowship. Lack of sensitivity about offenses strikes at the root of Christian communion. There can be no freedom in admonitions, little freedom in discussions, and it may be no great fervor in prayers with and for others where offenses abound. And is it possible that religion can be in a healthy condition where we find these problems? From these problems alone, it should be obvious why Christ said, Woe to that man by whom the offense cometh, Matthew eighteen seven. Now, what is a stumbling block? What becoming a stumbling block is not? And to clarify this, let us consider what is not meant by offense. Offense is not always something actually displeasing to the person who is offended. Thus, we cannot establish if someone has been offended simply on the basis of whether they are pleased or displeased. Offense is not always to be judged by simply considering what has been said or done. Offense may arise in a matter that is lawful, which cannot be straightforwardly condemned, such as eating and drinking or taking wages for preaching. Offense is not always to be determined by the effect. Sometimes someone may be offended when no offense was given, or offense may be given and someone is guilty of giving offense when no actual stumbling has followed, but what they did was of itself conducive to making someone stumble. Offense is not always to be judged by the person's intention. Some people may be without all intention of hurting, yet they may nevertheless really wound and offend someone else. They might cause someone to stumble by rashness, omission, too much love in sparing their faults, inconsiderate zeal, imprudence, or failing in something, 
or they might cause stumbling by unfaithfulness, for it is very difficult to rebuke faithfully someone whom we love. Any of these defects is like a dead fly in ointment, which makes many things that are profitable to become off-putting, that is, creating an unfavorable impression or feeling of disgust. What becoming a stumbling block is? Here is a, a definition of offense or scandal that we will go on to explain in more detail. A scandal or offense is literally a stumbling block. It is caused when something is said or done in a way that leads someone to sin or hinders their spiritual life. The deed or word is not sinful in and of itself, but it makes someone to stumble in their spiritual life because of its circumstances. Namely, it was done at such a time, in such a place, or by such a person. It is a scandal irrespective of whether anyone is actually caused to stumble or whether the person actually intended to offend. When inducing someone to sin or impeding someone's holiness flows from a sinful act, it is not so difficult to discern. All actions that are evil in and of themselves are clearly offensive. But when the action is lawful or indifferent in itself, or when it shares the manner and other circumstances of a lawful or necessary duty, the difficulty then is to discern when the matter becomes scandalous, and accordingly to decide whether to do or to abstain in the matter, and whether to do in this or some other manner, or so as to avoid giving offense. This properly and strictly is what is called offense, and this is where the utmost wisdom is to be exercised in ordering and regulating ourselves in the use of Christian liberty. And to be clear, here are some further definitions of technical terms. Something lawful is something required by the law of God, such as praying. Something indifferent is something neither good nor bad in itself, such as eating and drinking. A necessary duty is a duty we cannot omit without sinning, such as any of the duties required of the Ten Commandments. This kind of offense offense that arises from the surrounding circumstances when the matter is lawful or indifferent in itself, is what the great debates are about in Scripture. People need to understand that it is not only a question of looking at the Ten Commandments to know whether an act itself is lawful, nor is it only that we have to consider how clear our own sense of duty is so that we do nothing doubtingly, but it is also that we have to consider others too, so that others are not wronged or hurt in their spiritual state by what we do. We must do or abstain from doing for the sake of conscience, not our own, but the conscience of him that sits with us. For if charity and love are the end of the law, such that we ought not to seek only our own things, but the things of one another, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, then we ought to seek our neighbor's edification as much as our own, and to actively avoid doing things that are harmful to their spiritual well-being. Scandal is therefore the opposite of the charity and love we ought to have to our brother, and also to the respect we ought to have to him. Indeed, 
Something is a scandal and offense to the extent that it is opposite to and inconsistent with love to our brother's spiritual well-being. And so, in a word, whatever may impede and hinder our brother's spiritual growth and advancement is an offense and scandal. In this way, incidentally, a scandal differs from an injury, for an injury hurts someone's person, name, estate, or some outward thing, while a scandal hurts the spiritual condition by harming someone's spiritual liveliness, activity, comfort, and so on. Although an injury is often also an offense, not all offenses are injuries. That's from the scandal of stumbling blocks, avoiding spiritual harm. This is used by permission by them and by by me. Thank you for being with us today and listening. Do look around the site and check out the 3,000 plus audios that we have featuring some of the world's great preachers, persecution stories from uh, North Korea in English and Korean. Bible studies on a number of subjects and a blog, or consider buying one of my books at Amazon.com or contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com, and I'll share details about our Zoom meetings. So that was James Durham in the Free Grace Broadcaster. And would you, if you'd like to have this free periodical sent to you every three months, just send an email to chapel at Mount Zion. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on December 5, 2022. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.